What's going on, guys? Nikhil and Lucas back for episode 28 now of Hip Hop Hype Hour. I was going to ask you, you know, how was your week? But uh, I already know that it was eventful. So I'm yeah, not, not even, not, not even <laughs> going to get into that. And uh, I guess for anyone who doesn't know what we're talking about, if you know, you know, we'll just leave it. <laughs> if you know, you know, you know you that's know. good enough. That's good enough. Um, but yeah, I guess delving into music a little bit here, since I mean, obviously, that's what we're talking about. We're, we're not here to discuss the drama going on um, with you, <laughs> but um, not much going on really this week in hip hop and R and B. Uh, just the Don Toliver album. Other than that, did we really um, have anything that dropped? I don't think we so. got singles. We got a few singles. That's it. Corday single. I like, bro. I'm excited for the new Corday project whenever it I comes do out. Because his EP was really good. This new single is really good. Super, bro. Do yourself a favor, man. Listen, this is good. I I'm getting ready for it. I might check it out. I mean, it's never Corday has never been an artist that I've really listened to, and I don't like have any intentions of getting into his music for any particular reason. But I mean, if you tell me enough that this is good stuff, then I'm, I'll keep I just telling might, you, man. Um, but yeah, I mean, speaking of like Don Toliver being the only one who dropped, and obviously that's w- who we're talking about today, because uh, it was, in my opinion, a really great project. He dropped at the right time, right? And I think this is why he held out like an entire three months for this. Talked about this a little bit before, but july the whole donda thing not only with donda's impending release really pushing back a lot of albums and raising a lot of uncertainty for other artists is like should we drop this week or not mm-hmm. but obviously don toliver spent a lot of time with kanye working on moon and potentially helping on other songs as well so he definitely put, uh put the album his album to the side to help out with kanye there and then september was not a great time at all for anyone to drop i mean clb at the top of the month ruled the charts for pretty much the next four weeks speaking of which can we talk about what happened last week with little wayne and rich the kids trust fund babies it's lowest project ever it sold 15k oh my god little wayne selling 15k that's insane dude that's just so depressing i I (laughs) didn't know september was bad bad is the moral of the story i guess that was october but like still yeah, I mean, it's just like CLB was such a huge project. It's like, you don't want to drop. Usually you say like, oh, I don't want to drop on the same day as an artist. No, with like someone like Drake, you don't want to drop the same month because <laughs> you're the chance you might not go number one when you should. And I think that, I mean, NBA Youngboy was the one who was able to break the mold there. But right. Even Lil Nas X wasn't able to do it, right? Right. Which is surprising considering how big uh, Industry Baby and Montero were as singles. So really shocking there but yeah like i said life of a don don Tolliver, perfect timing to drop this project really gets his own week pretty much because no one yeah. significance dropped a project alongside him so i know he's already number one on apple music I think it's number one on spotify and should debut number one on the hot 100 if all goes well for him uh and we'll talk about the project really in depth here today so we are doing a don Tolliver spotlight and because there's not much to talk about, I guess, with his background, as we have for other artists we've done in the mm-hmm. past, we'll just kind of do a speed run through his background and rise to fame. And we'll talk a little bit about Heaven or Hell, because that was his debut project before Life of a Dawn. Then we'll do our in-depth breakdown of Life of a Dawn. Yeah. So we're doing a deep dive this time. It's the deepest we've ever gone. So yeah. submarine levels of deep, bro. Other than that, I guess stuff to look forward to in the next few weeks. So Young Thug next week, we already know that's coming up his new album, Punk. We got Maja Jordan in two weeks. So we did our, our ranking R&B artist episode last week. And, you know, we said that 
a lot of these R&B artists are going to start to drop soon. And, you know, here we have Don Toliver, mm-hmm. Maja Jordan's coming up, and I'm sure even more releases, you know, in the coming months here. So that's what's impending there. Uh, maybe we'll get something from 21 Savage on Halloween. I know he likes the drop stuff. Hopefully. That time, you know, he dropped that single Immortal like two years ago, which was a great track. Um, what do we have impending in November? So there's rumors now that Utopia might not be a 2021 release after all. Really? Some buzz that it could end up being a 2022 thing. Um, so we'll see what's going on there. I I, uh, I see validity in it just because I feel like if Travis wanted to drop Utopia in 2021, he would have done it before Astroworld Festival. But mm. I mean, we only have a month till Astroworld Fest and around a month until Day in Vegas now. So two major festivals. Hey, are- maybe another surprise drop. Maybe it's going to be like the day before Astroworld. Yeah, but I don't see I don't see that happening. Like, okay, to be more specific, yes, like I think that's what's gonna happen, but I don't see that happening anytime soon. And the reason for that is because even with Astroworld, there was like a buzz in the air, you know, like it was mm. obvious he was in Hawaii with his crew working on the project. Like uh you could tell that it was imminent. It was just a question of which week was it gonna be. Like, I don't get right. any imminent feeling yeah that's fair that utopia is imminent um we'll see what happens with the weekend's new project i mean he he uh said something this past week or there was a a report by complex an article that he said that the album's done and he's going to do a little bit of a feature run here over the next month or two before finally dropping the project Mm -hmm. this fall and remember the fall goes all the way until december 21st 20th yeah, that's what i forgot i was like i was like man this shit, mm-hmm. he's got till november but i guess yeah all the way to the fall like the december yeah but i don't think his project is that far away i say within the next two months i think we'll probably get a new project from the weekend and then that'll wrap yeah. off 2022 and then we'll have our 20 not 22 21 and then we'll have our end of the year recap episode there, kind of talking about everything there um but yeah if you don't have anything else let's jump into more about don toliver here pretty quiet week in music so let's let's get it all right yeah so we're just going to do a quick run through of his background and we'll jump right into the music here since that's what is the most important so what's surprising is that prior to 2017 people don't really have that much information as to like what he was up to because he wasn't really involved in music right yeah he kind of started making music in 2017 uh, and I see that a lot with these newer artists, right? Like even with Pop Smoke. Pop right? Smoke, like, yeah. He didn't make music until like a year before he really blew up, right? It's kind of the same thing with Don Toliver here. Uh, throughout 2017, he worked with a few producers. He had a solo single, Diva, which ended up being pretty popular amongst mm. the people who listened to him initially. It was actually on his first mixtape, Donnie Womack, which I'll talk about in a second. But yeah, he got a record deal in March 2018 and put out some more singles throughout that year. Uh, and, but he was still pretty underground at that point, right? Like no one yeah. really knew about him. He was just kind of doing his own thing in his own lane. But what his big break was, and I actually don't even have context on how this came to fruition, but somehow, some way, Travis Scott and his team found yep. him, right? Because, you know, Don Tolliver's from Houston. Um, real name is Caleb Tolliver, by the way. I wanted to make that clear. Everyone just, you know, I didn't even know that. <laughs> Everyone just called him Don. <laughs> you know? Don. Yeah, so, Don or Donnie. Just like Travis Scott, right? It seems like a regular name someone could have, right? So, right, that's fair. Nothing, nothing out of the ordinary. But yeah, um, Travis Scott found him or discovered him and he instantly like connected with his music. 
and he called him into the studio during the sessions for Astroworld, kind of like mm-hmm. what I was just talking about from in July, they were in Hawaii. And then like late July, they were kind of back in Houston, just putting the finishing touches on the album with Mike Dean, getting it mixed, um, getting that sicko mode feature in. And then obviously this Don Tolliver feature in on, uh, um, it was can't say was yep. the track. Right. So, uh, yeah. Um, Don Tolliver ended up being featured on Astroworld, which for an artist, who is barely known was like a big deal, right? Yeah, huge break. Yeah, and this is not the first time Travis has done this. You know, he put Nav on Beebs in the Trap off of Birds in the Trap Sing McKnight. This was in 2016. You know, this is way before even a lot of people even knew about Nav on SoundCloud. So kind of give, giving him that boost definitely did mm-hmm. help his career. And obviously this catapulted Don Tolliver's career, right? Uh, and he played it smart. He actually dropped his first mixtape, Donnie Womack, on the streaming platforms, his major label debut mm-hmm. mixtape, like on the same day, actually, uh, like August 2nd. To ride that momentum. Yeah, yeah. to ride that momentum. Uh, so I guess before we jump into the next stuff, I-, I wanted to ask you, it's like, how would you characterize Don Tolliver's music? Because like since day one, He's had his own unique sound and his own unique lane that I don't think anyone else really makes music or sounds right. like he does, right? But it's hard to categorize him because it's like he does R&B. He does a little bit of rap. It yeah. It feel like R&B, but when he raps, it doesn't feel like raps. Like, how would you describe it? I think it's that mixture of like trap and R&B. It's like mm-hmm. a really unique mixture there. Um, but a new wave of it because it's not like Bryson Tiller or The Weeknd right. by any means, right? Right, right. It's it's definitely like, uh, it's got like a dreamy quality almost, mm-hmm. like an airy quality for sure. I think that you can get a lot of, or like kind of dark too. So it does have some weekend elements like feeding yeah, into definitely. it with that sound. Uh, but I think like the Southern trap influence is just so strong on, on Don Tolliver that that's really what dominates yeah. more. You can hear it in his voice too, a little bit of like a Southern right. accent, just a little bit. Um, so that's definitely there. Which but is like, another thing. Like, I, I think his voice is definitely his most powerful tool. Um, like he can just vocal, like his vocalizations are just so like good to listen to. Like go listen to Moon and you could just listen to Don Tolliver sing the hook on Moon for like hours. And, there is and, a lot of, he does leverage auto-tune quite a bit. And you know. Right, but he does it really well is what I'm trying to well. say. Yeah, yeah, 100%. <laughs> the way I like to describe it is this, and this might sound a little bit interesting, but to me, it makes a lot of sense. I think he's the R&B version of Travis Scott. You let me know if that makes sense. Right? No, yeah, <laughs> yeah, of course that makes sense. Yeah, exactly, right? Because yeah, it's one of those things. Like they they make music over very similar beats. They're like very dreamy, psychedelic sounding, almost. Yes, like, yeah, almost like they're floating in space, right? Um, and then there's a lot of auto tune used, but used well. Um, and there's ad libs and a lot of vocal effects uh, done to the songs that kind of elevate them just beyond the vocals, right? Right. Like, artists we've talked about in the past like when we talk about our j coles and kendrick's and kanye's and drake's of the world right it's all we're, we're talking about for a lot of the part it's like the lyrical content like what right we're saying, you know the actual like vocals but with travis and even with don tolliver it's more about adding effects on top of the vocals right and right yeah using the vocals in weird not weird ways but unique ways that kind of elevate the music um so, and I think that's why they just work so well together, right? And that's probably why Travis loved his music, right? Because he just saw a lot of the same direction yeah. there. Just yeah. a more R&B influence on it. Yeah, more exactly. of on the hooks, more yeah. of an emphasis on the singing. 
Yeah. yeah. And he was definitely like, this is someone I could work with, you know, continuously, you know, this could be a great connection. So he definitely wanted to get on board with him. Um, and he, Don Tolliver like immediately blew up. Like you have so many people yep. that say, oh yeah, can't say it was one of the best tracks on Astro. Like this dude, Don Tolliver is the next big thing. Like he's on the come up, like be sure to like listen to Don Tolliver. Right. Um, mm -hmm. And I believe he was signed to the Cactus Jack imprint because that really became a big deal after Astroworld. So uh, Sheck West, Don Tolliver, um, those are the main two that you kind of have on Cactus Jack, as well as some other artists who are on that imprint as well. And overall, the label is doing pretty great. Um, he started getting a lot of publicity after Astroworld, right? Because mm -hmm. Nav released the music video for his single Champion off of his debut project and Don Tolliver made an appearance in that video. Uh, Diva got a remix by Kevin Gates. Diva was one of the first songs he recorded back in you know 2017. And he had a lot of, he basically went on a feature run in 2019. Yeah. Just trying yep. to continue to build his rep. You know what I mean? Uh, he had a single with Wiz Khalifa. And he also released multiple singles. There were three. There was Best You Had, Can't Feel My Legs, and No Idea, which actually ended up being really successful on TikTok. So uh, I feel like that's how a lot of people discovered Don Tall. Like a lot of people, besides Astroworld, because I think Astroworld is definitely like the first venue, mm -hmm. but a second venue for the people that don't listen to hip hop, I think TikTok was their like segue. So I don't think so, though. And the reason I say that is because TikTok was not that big in the first half of 2019 as it was in like the second half it got way bigger during quarantine yeah it got sure. way bigger in late 2019 and 2020 so i mean and I, the thing is i didn't see that many no idea like tiktoks right uh, i it did do pretty well on the yeah. platform as a whole but not nearly to the point that you know especially if we go back to what was it episode 24 where we did the social media episode yeah um, yeah, it wasn't as big as some of the other examples and discussions that we had there. Right, sure, sure. You, you can't say that. Yeah. yeah, you can't say he owes the success to TikTok, like yeah. some artists, but yeah. it definitely has helped him. And I think that, like, you'll still hear people using his stuff on TikTok today just because, yeah, like, he does really good hooks, like, really interesting mm -hmm. vocalizations. It's catchy. So, yeah, yeah it's got yeah. important. I think it, it was definitely Astroworld that was the main source of his right, you know, right. major blow up here. But yeah, pretty much just a feature run going on in 2019. And then in late 2019, he accompanied Travis Scott during the second Astroworld Festival. Um, like, why wouldn't he sign the Cactus Jack? Right. <laughs> it would be dumb for him not to be there. And later on, you know, towards almost at the end of the year, in like December 27th, um, Travis Scott Jack Boys. Jack released the Jack, Boy, Jack Boys compilation tape which was about six songs. And it was basically just, it wasn't as big of a compilation tape as like a YSL, you know, with slime language, <laughs> right? But it was it was nice. It was like a little EP, had, had a few good songs on there. Gang Gang was a song that featured all the label mates together on one track. Uh, and then What to, um, what to Do was the one of the major standouts that had mm -hmm. Don Tolliver um, doing the main verses alongside Travis. So overall successful project there. And I think that especially helped him even more because the people who listened to Jack Boys were like, you know, Don Tolliver just killed it again. Like him and Travis don't miss right. on a track together. And there was also the track Had Enough on there, which had Quavo and Offset, which he actually ended up putting on his album as well, Heaven or Hell later on. Um, so that rounds out 2019 there. So as we get into 2020, I'll let you pick up here a little bit. 
yeah so uh you know more features again in 2020 uh so eminem's uh music to be murdered by he was featured on no regrets um so you know just more popularity more exposure for Tolliver. he was also supposed to tour for the weekend that but that tour got canceled right and what's crazy is this right back in 2020 like the beginning of 2020 it just shows you his growth because after hours tour gets announced obviously the uh original planned tour for that summer got canceled because of covid mm -hmm. and he was supposed to be the opener for the weekend so that kind of shows you where he's at he's like okay so decently big artist you know he's pretty popular but he's gonna uh open for the biggest artist in the world you know that's right Don Tolliver is at right now and he didn't even have an album at that point yeah he didn't even have an album but heaven or hell was expected to drop right it, it did in a month which we'll talk about right. but now you look at it, I mean he's doing his own tour now right I mean it's mm -hmm. not like a huge arena tour he is performing at like smaller venues right um but nonetheless you know he went from being an opening act to like being his own headlining yeah half, right which is pretty crazy and you look at the festivals for this year he may not be the headliner because there's people like Travis and Kendrick at some of these but he's but like he's up up he's the yeah up. he's up there on the bills yeah that, definitely so he he's definitely a meteoric a, rise yeah he's had a meteoric rise for sure right um, yeah which so i think I, in large part heaven or hell contributed to because his debut album came out in march of 2020 uh really really uh kind of hit off quite a few successful songs right quite a yeah, few chart toppers uh gave him a lot of momentum and uh, there were a lot of collaborations on that project mm -hmm. too right which yeah, i really were. think helped a lot helped so, get him more exposure the interesting thing with heaven or hell is he dropped on the same day as eternal of take so it was mm -hmm. like i mean i don't know if that cut into his success at all i don't think it did just because eternal take still sold really well i think it did three hundred thousand plus right long awaited um but i also think people got bored of eternal take very quickly and came to, and, and came yeah. to this so i i think it evened out for don Tolliver. uh really great project all in all the only drawback on the album is that it feels less like a studio album and more like a mixtape in the sense yep, that still like a we had heard a lot of the songs already like cardigan for example that's a song from 2018 you know he played it for travis during their first studio session and right. if you go if you go watch the travis documentary look mom i can fly there's a there's footage in there of don Tolliver's like first time in the studio and they're like vibing to cardigan together um, yeah no had ideas on here yeah no ideas on here he put had enough on here which was also on jack boy so that didn't make right me um after party was one uh snippet that had been heard which was a really anticipated track so i'm actually glad that um it made the cut so and there were a lot of other great songs on this project as well uh spaceship with or spaceships with uh no just check west spaceship. yeah check yep. west. I really like the production and direction that he went with on that song. Um, Euphoria was also one that Kylie Jenner had teased on her Instagram story like a year before. Mm -hmm. And before it wasn't even known that it was a Don Tolliver track. I think originally it was just Travis and they threw Cash Page and Don Tolliver on there and uh, ended up being pretty great. What else is so, on here? No Photos. No Photos is another track that I really, really love. Yeah, so that's pretty much like we just pretty much listed every track on the album as like yeah. a good track. So that's the thing. Like this this project, you know, I, I remember I hadn't listened to it initially and it we came to our year review and you were like, bro, you gotta listen to it. So I went back and listened to it. And my takeaway was like it, it's there's a lot of really good singles on here. Like it's a good collection of singles, but it is still like missing some cohesion. 
the production's not entirely like consistent throughout right. um which was so, so those are some things that i wanted to see improved upon in, in life yeah, of Adon, I, right? I agree the production was kind of it felt bland at times and kind of all over the place a little bit on this project but like um there are some songs I didn't really care for, like Wasted, Candy, Company on this sure. project, Heaven or Hell. I didn't really care for them. Like if I had to give the project like a rating out of 10, I know this sounds a little bit harsh, but I would probably give it a six out seven. of seven. Oh, oh, six. Yeah. Six. Dang. Just because like there was only about like oh, like 60% of the album that I actually like okay. found myself coming back to. Um, right. But out of that 60%, it was all really solid. Like I still go back and listen to this project. So the, the only reason I give that rating, and maybe I can bump up to like a 6.5 on here, but the reason I say that is just because I didn't care for every song and caring for like 80 to 90% of the songs on an album, like is kind of like a good indication for me. It's like whether yeah. it was actually really good or not. Okay. Um, but yeah, he ended up doing well with this project. It was highly anticipated amongst this fan base. And I think for mm -hmm. the most part, it ended up delivering. Like, I don't remember anyone saying, Ayo, this project's garbage. Like, I hate this. Don Tolliver's trash. Like, no, that wasn't happening, right? Um, right. So he continued after this project to go on a bit of a feature run. He was featured on Nav's song, Recap. Okay, hold up. <laughs> Why do you collaborate so much with Nav? I just had to point this out. Is it just so, because Travis put yes, them both? Yeah, it's because Travis... So Travis and Nav are good friends, believe it or not. And they have collaborated multiple times in the past. There was Beebs in the Trap, which was, you know, Nav's first really big studio or not studio, but big commercial breakthrough. Right. And then in 2018, you know, Travis Scott was featured on Nav's debut album on the track Champion, which is like, why is Travis giving features out like that? You know what I mean? Y'all know how we feel about Nav on this uh, show. And I mean, even in 2020, you remember <laughs> the song Turks? It was Gunner, yes. Travis Scott. Yeah. So like pretty much every project that Nav has had, Travis has been on it, you know? Yeah. So they have that relationship and it's like, naturally, I bet Don, Don Tolliver has probably been around Nav a lot just because they link up Travis a lot. Scott. Yeah. And Nav's manager, Cash, who also manages The Weeknd, is also good friends with Travis Scott. They're like, you know, there's just like a whole sure. friendship. Going you know on. what? Good good for Nav. I'm glad that he can get these. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so I'll, I'll tell you this. I listened to that song, but not because of Nav. Because, Don <laughs> because Don, of Don, Don Tolliver. Tolliver killed his feature on there. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was on Nav's album, Good Intentions. And then there was a collaborative single called Cafeteria released in July 2020. And this was, um, no, was it 2020? I swear this was in 20, this might've been 2019. Um, but yeah, no, it was 2020, it was, I feel 2020. like. Okay, but yeah, it was it was Chase B, who's like Travis Scott's like in-house DJ. And mm -hmm. then also had Gun On, it was called Cafeteria. So it was a nice little track there. And then his really big break of the year, may, arguably even bigger than Heaven of Hell was in August, 2020, when uh, he dropped, internet or not internet money but lemonade yes. with lemonade with internet money and gonna yeah which, you know number six on the billboard hot 100 also went viral on tiktok it, it got i think it even got remixed in some way shape or form overall like that, that was kind of his breakthrough into the mainstream if he wasn't there already for like people who maybe have looked right lemonade before. was really big yeah so that ended up doing great for him. And believe it or not, he was also on Nas's project, King's Disease. Which won a Grammy, so. <laughs> there you go. Um, and that kind of wrapped, wrapped off his uh, 2020 there. Right. But I, I feel like the end half 
or the latter half of 2020. He was relatively quiet, but he was actually featured on Masego's single. Um, why can I not remember the name of the song? Mystery Lady. Mm. I'm not sure if you heard it, but it was it was a really. I don't really- think so. Yeah, no, I mean, the song's pretty popular. It was uh, featured in an Apple Music commercial and Don Tolliver oh. had a really nice verse on it. Masego is actually the one who's sampled on Champagne Poetry on CLB. You hear at the beginning that, like, I love you sample. That's oh, oh really? Yeah, yeah, that's Masego. So it was another great feature, in my opinion, for Don Tolliver. But that kind of leads us to 2021 because that rounded off his 2020. Mm-hmm. And he started teasing his next project, uh, Life of a Dawn, in February, right? And he had a couple of singles throughout the year. So in May, he had the lead single, What You Need, which we did talk about when we did our episode in May. And then in June, he dropped the single Drugs and Hello Melodies with Kaliuchis, which we've mentioned a couple of times on the podcast before. And we finally got the project, or before that, rather, I don't know how I just forgot about this. Yeah, you just don't skip Moon, bro. You can't skip Moon. (laughs) It's so, so like... When the singles came out, right, like What You Need and Drugs and Hella Melodies, I was like, these are okay, but I wasn't, like, floored by them, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I, at least I, I think that was my impression. It was I like, got I was the impression. Like, I, I saw that he was taking a more R&B approach with the project. Right. And that's what we got. We'll talk about that here in a second. But, right. Um, yeah. But when Moon came out, man, I was like, all right, I'm excited now. Like, call me call me excited for the Don Tolliver album. Moon, yeah. this man sounds immaculate on this track. Like, ah, I was right. ready for what a great way to essentially self-promote the project right so you know everyone's gonna hear moon they're gonna go crazy about it and then they're gonna listen to your album so that was a great move i think it worked out great for both kanye and for don Tolliver there right right but yeah ultimately we got finally got life of a dawn which as i said before is like three months overdue actually at this point but um, right i think a big part of that was like when you when you look at this project so now i guess we're, we're gonna start talking about the project more in depth right Mm-hmm. So let's talk about like just looking at the project, the the main collaborators. Mike Dean is really heavy all over this project. Uh, and he was really heavy all over Donda too. So I, I I kind of get the sense that Life of a Don, like the final touches, he took some creative energy from Donda because there's mm-hmm. some parts where you can kind of hear some Donda-esque mm-hmm. uh, influence, right? So I think that that production of Donda and like how late it got pushed really cut into life of a dawn and really affected the release schedule no more yeah, 100%, than CR- yeah 100 now we'll talk about more about the collaborators on this especially production wise here in a second but um yeah it, it's it was definitely it's kind of weird right it was getting delayed but at the same time i don't think we were like we weren't like, oh my god, like I, I, I need this album. Desperately. It wasn't like Kanye delays, right? Yeah, of course not, because he's still not there yet. I mean, he's continuing to, you know, rise, and I think it's only a matter of time before he gets his like Billboard number one song, whether it's through a feature like by himself. Like I think it will mm-hmm. happen eventually because he's already hit number six. But yeah, enough enough about the past here. Um, let's talk about the album itself. So we'll kind of. Mm go through it in its entirety song by song and then we'll uh, talk about our thoughts when we get to the end here um all in all 16 tracks you know two of them which were the lead singles right yep what so, you need drugs yeah. and hell and melodies yep mm-hmm. and and what's, it, i was gonna say what's exciting is uh 14 original tracks for the most part yes right? which is not what we got on heaven or hell heaven or hell was like half new half we had either heard before it was leaked 
Right. I think maybe maybe one or two of these tracks was teased beforehand through like yeah, the, the Instagram debut, snippets or the stuff. The debut but, track. So we'll talk, we can jump yeah. right into that actually. Xscape is the is the intro and that was the video trailer he kind of put out mm-hmm. at the beginning of the week. Um I thought it was a really solid intro. Um definitely he you can tell with the entire album he's going with that psychedelic dreamy production that yeah. he always pretty much is known for at this point just like Travis Scott. But I think we're he takes it to the next level on this project and we see it on this song and on a lot of other songs. I'll, I'll continually bring this up when I, I notice this trend, but um, when you're talking, there, there's kind of like an elegant sense to some of these beats. Like you'll hear like a mm. trumpet instrumental. Yeah. The instrumental like, on the yeah, start. You'll hear, track, yeah. You'll it's hear very like, regal. Yeah. Yeah. You hear these elegant instrumentals layered on top of these drum heavy psychedelic beats, which is the theme that is happening for this project. And I think it works really well for him because his vocals go really well on top of all of that. Yeah, um, it's very smooth. Like it's, it all works together very smooth. Like it's the only word I can. It's like smooth in the same way you describe like a fine whiskey or something. Like ah, oh, that's yeah. smooth. Like <laughs> that's how I would describe. <laughs> no, I mean I think that's a great analogy. Yeah. Um, but all in all, I thought it was a solid intro. After listening to Xscape, it got me excited for the rest of the project. Which yeah, listen to the next track uh, five times. So it's like short for five times out of ten. This is kind of the hook he was using on this track. More hip hop influence here. So here's where the drums really start kicking in. The hi hats. Um, and the kicks uh nothing really special yet at this point but i i, I really like this song though I, I think it was nice to see that he's mixing up the hip-hop and r&b a little bit even though it is mostly an r&b project right and, and it was getting us a little more energetic right like mm-hmm. escape was really kind of more like uh slower definitely and then five times definitely more of that rap like upbeat influence um that's something I think when we get to the later half of the album, like there's not enough contrast, but at right. this point, like it, it, it's really good, like, right? It's a good, I kind of wish this track was a little longer though. This track's a little short. Yeah, um, it's only like two minutes, right? Um, something like yeah. that. Yeah. Which actually leads us right into the next track, way bigger. Um, I, I thought the, uh, actually not on this song, but yeah, this was again, another more hip hop-esque track, it, continuing kind of the energy that was left in five times. There were a lot of signature Don Toliver elements in this one, like his ad libs and, you know, vocal inflections that he likes to add. And it was also accompanied by a music video, I believe. So this was definitely, I think, in my opinion, one of the better tracks on the album. I really yes. Liked. Yeah. I, I, I like this track quite a bit, Um, the, especially the switch up. Like, uh, mm-hmm. I don't remember when it happens, but like partway through is like a little switch up in his like flow, I guess, Uh, that, that just works really well. Like, I, I think that's, partially when he's at his best when he takes more risk with his voice right when he tries some more interesting things and so um that's happening on way bigger right like i think that happens on way bigger for sure yeah for sure and then we jump into the next one flocky flocky with the main man travis scott um you know i already know this is my personal favorite on the project right and i I actually don't just say that because travis is on it um because i do think that just the energy and overall direction of this track is just phenomenal um you know Travis and Don don't miss on a track together. I mean, every time they get on a song, they put together some heat. And it's similar to Xscape. Again, like I said, you have an elegant instrumental layered on top of this drum-heavy psychedelic beat. I, I want to see a collab album between these two. I'll say it right now. Like, we need the Don Tolliver-Travis Scott collab They work really project. on this track, yeah. But, like, the production, I'm going to highlight that again because mm-hmm. there's, like, some little guitars that are kind of flaring in the – almost like a Spanish guitar sound kind of flaring in the background in and out on yes. this track. And that just stood out to me so much. Like, 
Mike Dean really knocked it out of the park with production on this. There's also some good outros that happen on a few of these tracks. Mm -hmm. Don't for the most part, they don't feel like they oversee their welcome. So um, yeah, honestly, like I, I agree though. The verses on this one too, like Travis knocks it out of the park on this track. Don knocks it off. This is one of the best for sure. And now, yeah, yeah, was, we'll get gonna, to you later. I was gonna bring up one more thing. Um, Travis has been on point lately with his features. Not gonna lie. There will be fair trade. He killed it. The fair this trade song, was good. Yeah. This song, he killed it again on this feature. So it gives me hope. You know, we said on a few, like a couple of weeks ago, it's like, what is Travis doing? You know, it just seems like the quality of the music starting to decline. Like he's not taking it as seriously anymore. But I think he's still got it. Maybe it's right? a turnaround. Yeah. I think he's still got it. This, this does definitely seem like, and praise God too. Don't forget about that. I definitely see like a bit of a feature run materializing here before maybe mm -hmm. the project. So. I would not uh, rule out him being on punk next week. Like, you know, Doug and Travis have worked together so closely in the past that it's just like, yeah, it almost seems like it should happen. Um, but we'll see. I mean, we know Gunna is going to be on the project because it's like both of Gunna and Doug or YSL, but you know, we'll see what happens next week. I'm expecting a good track list with that one. Mm -hmm. So next one, what you need. We've all, I don't really want to talk about this one because we've already heard it. Um, There's a lead single R&B track great overall and it was it was kind of a good way to set the tone for the album when it dropped as a single um next one here double standards i really like the sample on this one i think the see i kind of think that like the production on this this track is definitely the best part of it i uh -huh. think that it kind of overstays its welcome if that makes bit. sense like I, I think this track definitely is like um a dip in the quality of the first five I can I can see that, but at the same time, the, they use like a, a chopped up like uh, sample that you hear it at the beginning and at the end. It sounds like it has that you know Houston rap like vibe to it, which makes sense. Um, I just really like that touch, and it kind of made the song stand out for me a little bit. But I mean, I agree for the most part. It um, for everyone I mean, who's seen it before, then it was kind of a little bit subpar. Right for me, it's especially like the vocals. Like I, I think, like I said before, Don Tolliver's at his best when he's trying like some interesting things with his voice. He's hitting really high registers because he does that really well. Mm -hmm. I think on this track, he almost I almost feel like he's biting damn like Rihanna's flow and mm -hmm. damn like in loyalty, right? um like what are what's like the signature hook on this track i i forget but it sounds similar to like listen to it and then listen to uh rihanna on damn and it sounds like so similar that it's like yeah it's um it's so hard to be human and the way he starts it's so hard it's like the same way rihanna does it's so hard to be humble and damn and that just like completely <laughs> completely threw me out and there's yeah so um I, I think Don Tolliver is actually the weakest part of this track. And I, this is starting to like uh, definitely like separate from the first five tracks in terms of quality. That was just bit. my listen to this. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to get a you know, 10 out of 10 every track on an album. I mean, that's so right. rare. It's hard to do. But we jump into the next one here with Swinging on Westheimer. And this was mm. definitely one of the slowest songs mm. of the album. Very reminiscent of The weekend, in my opinion. I was Very standout. Getting, yeah, very standout. Um, and just another example of like this predominantly R&B direction he's going with this project that he didn't necessarily go with on Heaven or Hell. Right. Uh, really love the track. I thought it was a nice touch to kind of have something a little slower and more subtle. Right. You know, I really like it because it's it's my favorite track on the project. It's okay. a shout out to Houston, right? Westheimer's like a 19 mile road in Houston. 
it's metro boomin produced and you oh, can yeah. definitely hear that like darker elements of metro mm-hmm. um and you know like the lyrical content it's definitely like a song i'm like okay this is kind of like a um ocean drive type song where you just yeah. want to play it at night when you're driving and yeah. I, I got complete vibes from that and, yeah. and you know i think that's really like the vibe for the entire like entire like first half of the project it's yeah. like it's because it's very like dreamy it's definitely stuff that you're like okay i could like drive at night playing mm-hmm. and listening to this or like just chill at night it's, it's nighttime music for yeah sure. and I, I love that kind and of music that's so. the theme right so i think that up to this point in the project it's executed extremely well and i think this is kind of like a more introspective track you know i was getting like drake vibes from this track because he's got those like 7 a.m on bridal path or like i could see this title being like a a drake track right like something something on westheimer right maybe but like why would he do that why why i'm not saying he would i i'm i'm (laughs) saying i could see it though Drake goes to houston bro (laughs) I mean, he does. What, what are you talking does, about? He does. What you gotta, what you gotta realize is that with those AMPM tracks, he, he literally records. They're, they're like, he writes them essentially at that like time and in that space. You know what I mean? There's a reason that you have those. <laughs> right. Tracks. So I'm saying like this feels okay. like Don Tolliver okay, doing sure. the same thing, right? This sure, feels like yeah. Don Tolliver is like okay, just okay, in okay. Houston. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I'm not saying Rick would do this. <laughs> I'm saying I, I could. I wouldn't like, be surprised. Okay. You're, you're, you're right. You're right. And, and you know, for me, it really stands out as a result. Yeah, so. yeah, it was a great track. So next up, we got Drugs and Hell Melodies. We talked about this one already. I really, really love this song. Great hook by Kaliuchis. It's like really majestic and hypnotizing. That's kind of how I would uh, describe the song. You know, my thought on this is like, I think I just don't like uh, that far into pop space like that much. Like, I, you know, this this song, I it's, it's so good, but like, mm-hmm. I just don't find myself loving it as much as like the darker, moodier tracks. And yeah. also like, there's this triangle. If you, if you listen, like there's this like little triangle that keeps like, hitting throughout yeah, i know what you mean i know exactly and what you mean. that that's like the only production note that really kind of graded me in the whole project is that the triangle was just too damn <laughs> <laughs> well overall the vocals on the track still a good song yeah really yeah, like yeah don't get me wrong but i just feel like it departs from the mood that's been set in the rest of the project yeah and for me it kind of derails the darker mood like that's fair going forward and I, I don't think he recovers that for a while so yeah which leads us next in the 2 a.m here i really on this track i really like the touch of how he was echoing his stanzas with high notes like he would do yeah. a bar and then you would echo it with like a higher note right yeah it, like thing. that kind of like moon falsetto like mm-hmm. up getting up there in those registers like yes. yeah the auto-tuned outro was also one of my favorite parts in the entire album, actually. Like, his whole outro was, like, done in auto-tune. I think he executed it really well. So, all in all, 2 a.m. was definitely one of the, I think, one of the better tracks on here. Yeah, I have to agree with that. Mm-hmm. Which leads us right next in the Get Throwed, which actually transitions really nicely from 2 a.m. It's almost like they flow into each other. Um, mustard on the beat on this one. So, here, no. again, some uh, iconic production. You know, DJ Mustard's been around for a while, worked with pretty much everybody. Another just another example of an elegant instrumental layered on top of a drum heavy beat. And overall, I thought it was pretty generic, 
Yes. Nonetheless, yeah, <laughs> that it was very was... generic sounding and it didn't stand out as much as some of the That's other. what I thought about. Like, this track, I would say this track's, like, definitely, a, like, a lower, like, uh, the next few, like, this 2 a.m. Get Throat Company Part 2 is a low part on the project in my eyes yeah, because yeah, I see at that. this point, he just stops, like, like, 2 a.m. is still pretty good. Like, there's some interesting stuff in there, but I feel like Moon is, like, a better executed 2 a.m. Will you stop uh-huh. comparing everything to Moon? Literally every track. Just two AM. Like, that's the only track I said. It's the only track I've said. Okay, but Get Throat is just so bland. Like the and the hook too. Like I'm just like this song overstays its welcome. It's just no. It should not. It should not be occupying this much space on the project. It's only two minutes though, mm-hmm. but it felt like forever. I definitely thought this part, like this song, was really uninteresting and kind of weighs down on the project. It feels like filler. I don't want to hear Moon mentioned again the rest of the right, I won't mention it again. That's what? the only time I want to I mean, He had one verse on there. <laughs> I'm not going to mention it again. Verse it. Next up, Company Part 2. Um, another Metro produced track here. Uh, I thought it was one of the best beats on the album, actually. And it was disappointing for that reason that I didn't think it, the vocals were that Right, good. the vocals, yep. And I think Metro recently, and not just recently, even in years past, he's been doing a really good job of curating like dreamy, spacey sounding R&B tracks, right? Because mm-hmm. we saw Not All Heroes Wear Capes, right? Which was his yeah. project back in 2018. Phenomenal, right? Like there were so so many good, so much good production and so many good tracks on that album. You know, we've heard uh, Escape from L.A., on mm-hmm. After Hours, right, which is Metro yep. produced. And that's a one of the phenom- more phenomenal tracks on that project. And now you have this song. So I think Metro is really doing his thing, kind of, he stepped out of the trap space a little bit because yeah. before it was like, oh, oh, what a time to be alive, DS2. Like that's what Metro was all about um, back in 2015. But now, but now he's, he's really, kinda, yeah. He's doing a lot of different types of production, which is really, really great to see. And he kills all of it. But right. that's why it was disappointing to see that Company Part 2, which is the follow-up to Company from Heaven or Hell, just didn't... It missed the mark again. It was yeah, uninteresting. It that's that's what I would say. To, yeah, yeah. It didn't live up to the production, right? Which is a little disappointing. But again, you're going to have some misses on a project, especially, you know, only on your second studio album ever. It's like... You know, right. So so for my listening, like at this point, when I listen through the project, like mm-hmm. Get Throat Company Part 2, I'm just like, oh man, this is going downhill fast. Like we yeah. need more energy. It needs to become interesting again. And Outer Space, I think delivers that. One of my oh, favorite- yeah, 100%, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the produ- like, brings the energy, the production's on point. Like, yeah. You can tell why it's called Outer Space. Like you just yeah. hear the beat and it's like, oh yeah. Like, you know, this it, the beat matches the name of the track. I really also like the chopped and screwed intro. So another shout out to Houston um, mm-hmm. on the introduction there. Baby Keem just continues his great run, man. Like- He's had so many prominent features this year. I mean, Durag right. Activity, Range Brothers, Family Ties, Praise God. And now we're here with, um, you know, Outer, Outer Space. Space. So yeah. Like, what, a, what a year for Baby Keem, honestly. And Dawn, too. Like, I think they've both kind of uh, claimed a space in this year. They're, they're going to be talked about a lot at end of the year, like, album discussions. So um, it's good to see them link up because I yeah. there's not many features on this project that are not uh don's label mates i yeah. think it's only cali uchas and baby keem and yeah, exactly. so it's really refreshing to hear him on on here so yeah. and i mean don was also featured on coco off of uh right melodic blue right so this is their second collaboration together so really nice to see that that leads us into the next song smoke and this is what you were talking about speaking of label mates we got two features we got sofago and hvn now for those who don't know sofago is 
relatively new. Um, not a lot of people know about him. He's rumored to be signed to Cactus Jack, but it's not like official because Travis hasn't really like he hasn't really seen the light of day that much. But he had a really great project, I believe, in either this year or 2020. But mm-hmm. um, it's called After Me, and it has really great songs. Like I actually really enjoy listening to Sofago, and I think he's a great artist. Now, HVN, mm. <laughs> excuse me, this is a relatively unknown Houston rapper. So I had to dig for this one. Um, yeah, he's just another rapper out of Houston. And there's a lot of, you know, rappers trying to make it out, you know, who are from Houston. They just have like a really vibrant scene there. I mean, you can kind of compare him to Don Toliver in some ways, right? Where Don was like three years ago, four years ago, right? He's just like a dude who's relatively unknown, but Don probably, you know, discovered him somehow, some way and wanted to link for this uh, track. So, and I, I thought he did a good job with his feature, you know, I'd never heard him before, but um, cool to see Don's progression from going in that position where Travis is like helping right. him up and now he's trying to do the same. So there's like this hierarchy that you see at effect here. And I thought that smoke overall, it, it was different, right? It was refreshing and had a little bit of a different element compared to the rest of the tracks on the album. So I thought it was great. Right. I, I, I thought it was different too. To me, it almost felt like a, like not, it's not like the same triplet flow of Migos, but it did feel like it could have been a Migos track if it had a triplet yeah. flow, like the way the hook was and like the verses were structured it just felt like Migos could have done this and they would have done it better. Like no disrespect for HVN on this track. I actually didn't vibe with them too well. I thought Sofago did fine. Don was fine. But overall this track, like I appreciate what he was doing. You're right. Like I, I like that he tried something different. Yeah. But for me, I just don't think it worked as well as like the, and this is why I said like the first half of the project for me, it felt really cohesive. It was like really moody, cohesive. Like that's the element I was going for. But at this point, like smoke just feels so different from like company part two, from 2 a.m., from get throwed that it seems like we're getting back into that mixtape Dawn territory around here. So I think there's trade offs to this, right? Because obviously one of the criticisms of Heaven or Hell was that it was too short. And like even in those 13 or whatever tracks we got, we had heard like too many of them before already so right it didn't feel like it was necessarily fresh new music so with this one i think don Tolliver really wanted to deliver fresh new music but in order to do that you got to have like at least 14 tracks on the project right, right? i think and anything smoke was definitely that, fresh it was definitely different anything so. less than 14 in the streaming era feels short like you yeah. know we used to have 10 11 12 track projects i mean jay cole just delivered one of those right but you know, they, they just feel short and short-lived when that happens. Right. So I think there was just a little bit of pressure to get more tracks on here. And maybe he would have thrown some of these out, like if he wanted to make a shorter project, but he, he wanted to have some substantial length on the album. And yeah. I, so I can't blame him for trying to like hit that 16 track target number there. That brings us to the last two. So Crossfaded, second to the last song. And you can hear, kind of start to feel the album. Wait, wait, whoa, whoa. You did skipped you. One? You skipped you, I did, bro. No, I did skip you. My bad. That's another Travis song. How did you skip that? I, I don't know. That? I forgot that one. Maybe it's just because Flocky Flocky was so good. I kind of over. Yeah, Flocky Flocky was so much. <laughs> that's my opinion. Flocky Flocky was so much better than you. Yeah. I this actually. Was, still, I mean, this was more R&B. This, so this is R&B focused, but I didn't think Travis had as great of a feature on this as Flocky Flocky, right? It was, it didn't stick out as much. Right. I, no, for me, like, yeah, I, this, this one definitely was kind of mid compared, especially compared to Flocky Flocky. Like, yeah. I feel like this one could have been left off, like, and it's yeah. been okay, but nonetheless, we got two Travis features. So that's for sure going to appease the Travis fans like myself. Um, yeah. Now we jump into Crossfaded, okay. which is the second to last track. 
it has high energy and a lot of bounce to it as well but you can also get the sense of like oh the album's starting to taper off you're like we're about to jump into like a closing track right yeah i'm gonna be honest i feel like this feels like more of a closing track than bogus that that kind of didn't make sense to me that this definitely feels like it's winding down it feels like a closer Mm -hmm. it kind of encapsulates some of the themes of the rest of the project which i mean really loosely is just like dealing with fame women and and money right Mm -hmm. like it's nothing super deep but this track hits on all of those and it's wrapping things up and so I really wish that this would have been the last song on the project. Not that yeah. Bogus would be cut, but just Bogus would be moved because yeah, Bogus possibly. just doesn't get, I, I don't know if you have anything more to say about this. I didn't this. really care about Bogus. Let's jump into Bogus because I didn't yeah. really care for that one. I, I like Crossfaded, but I didn't really care for Bogus. That, that's how exactly how I felt. And yeah. for me, it was kind of disappointing to have Bogus be the closer for what it feels like a, it feels like a song he's going to play it at tours to like get people hyped. And he already has been playing on tour, apparently. Right. Um yeah, it just doesn't feel like an album closer to me. <laughs> and it, it doesn't feel like it matches the rest of the the vibes of the project as as well as Crossfaded did. So yeah. Well that rounds off the album there. So all in all, a pretty solid effort from Don Tolliver. So now I need you want to talk know. about the album cover? You want, oh, before we do that, you want to talk about the album cover and the album title, if you have opinions on those. Not really. No, I mean, album cover, I think, kind of reflects the way it sounds. Right. Uh, in my the satin, like the red carpet underneath. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Um, Life of a Dawn. I, I don't know if the title really has any influence on the lyrical content that much, but I right. like the title. I thought it was pretty it's cool, like, creative. Yeah, I agree. I, I feel like the Dawn, like, is it a re- is this supposed to be a reference to like the Dawn of like the mafia? Or yeah, is it just of, like just his like, name? Just yeah. like an elevated figure, you know? Yeah, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. So then yeah, I definitely like I think it it serves to further the album for sure. Like it, it works with it. It doesn't work against it or anything. But at the same time, it's nothing like groundbreaking. Right. So now I need like, to know out of five lover boy cover. Out of, out of 10? ten? Yeah. Uh, I'm leaning towards uh seven, seven and a half. Yeah, that's where I'm at too. That's yeah, exactly where I'm at. I was it, it, it definitely do- like the first half. I think delivers really well and is really good. Mm-hmm. But the second half is just so disjointed, and there's only like one or two highlights on that entire second half of the project, which is outer space for me, and and maybe crossfaded that um yeah I, I feel like it's definitely got good elements but again it just doesn't have the production is outstanding it's more cohesive yeah but it doesn't push for something deeper that i like to see on projects like there's no like overarching theme that really says something meaningful well, it's only his second project right and not sure, all sure. artists do that so sure but even artists that don't do like <laughs> there's always like some form of theme of cohesion even if your album is just going to be like fun like i'm not saying it has to be like a deep comment on society it could be like a, hey this is my life i'm having fun i'm living a rock star life and it can still push that theme and do sure. it well <laughs> like i, I, I kind of see what you mean like this yeah I'm, I'm saying like this project feels kind of aimless in the second half mm-hmm. like the first half feels like a you know i'm singing about like women in my life now now that i have more money like it feels more cohesive mm-hmm. um so yeah I just feel like there's too many throwaways getting into the second half, like Get yeah. Throat, Company Part Two, even Smoke. I don't even like Smoke that much. Mm-hmm. You, so. So I guess what 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 are we predicting is next for Don Tolliver now? I mean, I'm sure he's gonna continue to get great features and hold his own. Like he's gonna be a prominent figure 
in yeah. hip hop and R&B for many, many years to come. But I guess the question is like, what do you want to see in what in, in his future music, maybe that he is not doing right now or that you want him to do more of that he is doing right now? Uh, more interest, more of like that interesting vocalization. Like uh -huh. he does execute it really well. More of like committing to the dreamy spacey sound. Like I, okay. I want a 30, 40 minute project. This is just like the dreamy spacey sound has like a tight theme. This it can have the same production, honestly. I think Mike Dean killed it on yeah. production in this in this project. Um, I would just want a few more tracks, like way bigger, five times, flocky, flocky. Give me like 10 or 12 tracks just like that. Yeah. And I, I would say that's like a nine or a 10 for me. I like I this so RB direction. I think he does it really well. Like the RB with flare of, of flares of rap. I yeah. think he does it really well. And I think he needs to own that space. You know, I'm hoping for collaborations with like other big name artists other than Travis Scott, because I feel yes, like he's gotten, uh, he's fe been featured with artists who are like at his level in terms of popularity. And more like, Baby Keem, man. Right? Baby Keem, yeah. <laughs> I mean, even, even Baby Keem, that's kind of someone who's like at his level, right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's his level. Yeah. yeah. And and Travis is obviously like at, higher, at the, like the cream of the yeah. crop there. So I want to see collaborate. And he got one with Kanye, right? Which is like a big deal. So like he, he had one there. Um, but I'm talking like, I want to see him in the weekend do a track to you. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be like, like the, uh, like the dream team right there. Right. For That'd be really, yeah. A really cool track. Um, and, I, and I, I'm going to get some big features. Yeah. I think coming up, he's going to get some really big features. I think so too. I, think I could we see him with the weekend. I think we would have gotten a weekend and Don Tolliver track if they had toured together because yes. what ends up happening is they end up getting in the studio one night or another and then creating something. So yeah, it, it always happens. Every time someone tours with somebody, they end up making songs together. And so. just because that like possibility was there, I think in the future, it'll still be there. Like I still yeah, think- no, I think so too. Because Weekend uh, posted uh, one of the songs on his story, like, because he was listening to the album. Clearly right. that's an indication that he liked it. Um, but yeah, all in all, great work from Don Tolliver. Um, and I hope he keeps it up because he's a great artist who I think is really catching on with a lot of people. And, you know, after the weekend, I would probably say he's got to be like my favorite R&B artist right now. So- Dang, okay. Nope. I feel like he's got the potential. I just want to see him execute more, like, yeah, more execution. Right. Well, yeah, with that being said, we got a lot of exciting stuff coming up, like, uh, over the next few weeks. I'll just reiterate it. So, Young Thug next week, Major Jordan the week after. We'll hopefully try to do something uh, fun for Halloween uh, for an episode. Don't know what it'll be yet, but we'll, we'll try something. And then... November, I think things will get very interesting. I think I think we'll see another shift in the landscape for November. Mm. Maybe we'll know about the release date for a few more highly anticipated projects. Um, and November is also a big festival month, so um, we'll probably be talking a little bit about that as well. Uh, but with that being said, everyone who got to this point, thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week with the Young Thug Artist Spotlight.